This episode of the Close to the Heart podcast has been rated M for mature audiences only. Some material and dialogue may not be suitable for members of the family under 18 years of age. I'm Jason Klaus. I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a union worker, I'm a professional wrestler, I'm a promoter. This is my show. And on here we are going to tackle a number of different topics. Close to the Heart Podcast. We could be talking about sports, we could be talking about pop culture, we could be talking about professional wrestling. But above all else, we are going to talk about how we can go through life to make a positive difference for ourselves and for those in and around our lives. Welcome to the Close to the Heart Podcast. Welcome to my show. This is the Close to the Heart Podcast, powered by Anchor.fm. Everybody, welcome to the Klaus of the Heart podcast, powered by Anchor.fm, along with Nikki Falsoni. I'm Jason Klaus. We certainly appreciate you tuning in this week, and this is going to be a unique episode. Nicole, um, before we get going, how's things in Newark, Ohio? Things are going well. We're enjoying summer. It's pretty toasty warm outside the kids are enjoying playing in the water and all of that putting on you guys have, sunscreen <laughs> you, yeah no kidding you guys have a pool or anything like that we have not like an official pool i mean just like a, one of the blow up ones in the sure. yard not like in ground or anything fancy schmancy but enough for them to play and get wet get wet and all that so you guys have like beaches or anything over in your area I'm not familiar with Newark, so I don't yeah, know. It's, <laughs> it's in like like central Ohio, so not really. We have friends, good friends that have an um, in-ground pool, so we're able to go there and really... Mooch off them? That's cool. Yes, 100%. Yes, <laughs> yes, 100%. I make Jesse snacks. and the kids are good? Yeah, yeah, everyone's doing well. I'm doing glad well. to hear that. Yes. Glad to hear that. Oh, uh, listen... Uh, full full disclosure, I have no idea what we're going to do this week. We are just going Ooh. to let, let her roll. This is going to oh be like a like a random, just random chit chat. You know, instead okay. of instead of having a structured topic or things of this nature, we're just going to sit here and shoot the breeze, as they say, because I had a follow up. And I meant to men- I meant to mention this last week, but and I didn't. And I and we got halfway through um, last week's episode before it clicked. Uh, I forgot to mention this. Uh, one of the feedbacks was because we we dropped the random questions episode a couple of mm-hmm. weeks back here. Yeah. And one of the questions that you had asked me. I could not answer because I said it was going to it it was it wasn't anything I could uh, re- reduce that it was like an actual story and you know because of time restraints I said we'll we'll cir- we'll circle back to that at a, at a later date it got called out what was the story of something that I could not explain that I couldn't tell on on that week's podcast so I'm going to tell the story here. Okay. So you uh, you had asked me during the 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 random questions thing is name something that you could not explain. Something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing, mm-hmm. of yes. course. You re, you remember what what I'm talking about here, right? Yes, I do. Yeah. Okay. Here's the answer to that question, and let me preface it by saying. That this story that I'm fixing to tell you is is a hundred percent true, 
and my father will verify said story because he was there with me when it was happening. Okay? Okay. It is Christmas of 2017. Um, my mom had passed away on Valentine's Day of 2017. So this was our first Christmas without her. And as anybody knows, and I've talked about it on previous episodes here, my mom made Christmas a huge deal for us. Like, I have no doubt that my fanfare, for the lack of a better term, for the holidays, for Christmas, stems from how much my mom put into you know Christmas each and every year just to make sure that my brother my dad and I felt special right so obviously going into that year's Christmas was going to be nothing short of a challenge and uh it was the etch it was it was the first holiday that um we spent at my parents house because thanksgiving we all went to um we went up to some buffet hotel buffet thing up north um i can't even i don't even remember i think it was at at a, a, a casino if i'm not mistaken um but my dad had come up and, you know, Carrie's family was there and because she has relatives that live up in the Atlanta area. So we we, we were all able to, to get together anyway. Um, so this was the first holiday that we were going to be at my parents' house. And I was bound and, de- and determined to, to try to make this as normal of a holiday as we possibly could without my mom being there including making the very dinner that she made every Christmas. Um, it, it, it was edible. <laughs> it actually wasn't bad. We, I, I, I come away because my brother was not much of a cook. You know, I, I was always the one that kind of took over that, that realm. You know, when we were younger and, you know, my parents worked, you know, I always made sure we, I, we cooked something. I cooked something for us to make sure that we didn't starve to death. Now, um, so with this, you know, we got the ham and the potatoes and and the dressing and the, you know everything that my mom made for Christmas. We re- replicated, and it was decent. And Jeff even had made mention of mom would have been proud of what you guys did. You know, which meant a lot, you know, because Jeff and my mom had as close of a bond as anything I've ever seen. Um, very much a mama's boy, you know what I mean? Um, unapologetically. So uh, we get done with, with the dinner part and um, We were cleaning up and things like that before we went in to open gifts or what have you. And I had gone out to the garage. Now, my dad's garage is attached to the house. And there's a wall and door that separates the kitchen, his kitchen, from his garage. So, taking trash out, throwing it away in in the garage. Now, my dad had built a like a workbench storage type of gimmick that sat up against one wall the far wall of his garage and he has a rocking chair in there it was my mom's rocking chair and but he had taken it out there to go out there and have a beer or whatever just kind of get out of the house this was his his little area and um, he said he would sit in the rocking chair and what what have you. Now, keep in mind, this was my mom's chair. So I had taken the garbage out. I was out there kind of c- collecting my thoughts. 
Um, just kind of thinking back, you know, my brain was going in a thousand different directions, right? And, uh, you know, that we're talking about Christmas Day, so it's it, it's December, it's the dead of winter. There was no wind that night. There was no, you know, his garage was very well sealed. It's not like there was a gust of wind that blows in there or, or whatever. Very still, very calm atmosphere, right? I'm leaning up against his workbench, and I just kind of sitting there by myself, and I'll never forget this, but I was looking, like his garage door has those those little windows along the top, right? So I was kind of looking out the window. I can't really see anything other than like a sliver of the neighbor's house across the street. But I, I was looking out the window, and out of the corner of my eye, I see something moving. So I kind of turn very, very slowly, and I look, and I shit you not, that rocking chair is moving. And I don't mean like a very slow, very, you know, you barely notice movement. It looked like somebody was sitting in it and rocking. It was moving that much. As I'm looking at it, my father opens the door from the kitchen to come into the garage to have a cigarette. And he comes down and when you come when you walk out the door, he's got like a little like a little platform, and then a couple of steps down onto the main floor of the garage. Mm -hmm. And I look up at him, and he's like, what? And I said, does this chair have a habit of moving by itself? And by this time, it has started to slow down. And he's like, what are you talking about? And as soon as he said that, the some bitch started moving again. I said, that. <laughs> I was like, this thing just started moving on its own. He's like, you didn't touch it? I was like, I've been standing here the whole time. And we, <laughs> we sat, he stood up there and I was on the floor and we're just watching this thing rock until it comes to, to a stop. And it was the most eerie thing I have ever experienced in my life to the point to where I went up into the house and I got Jeff and I must have had a look on my face and he's like what's wrong and I told him what had just happened and he said you know what's fucked up about that is is I had a similar situation at home. And he didn't go into detail, but he just kind of laid it, laid it all out. You know, I was like, man. So that that's my moment that I can't explain, that this rocking chair just started moving, like somebody was sitting in it and rocking. And look, I don't tell the story to very many people because a lot of people would just dismiss it. Oh, it was this. It was that. It couldn't be what it was mm -hmm. because they don't believe in God. They don't believe in heaven. They don't believe in angels. They don't believe in ghosts. They don't believe in anything, which is fine. That's your prerogative. I'm not here to argue that. I'm not here to, 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 I'm not here for you to verify what the fuck I saw because I know what I saw. My dad knows what he saw. And we're the only two living beings that were in the same place at the same time that saw that went down. And to this day, I can't explain it. That's wild. Now, so you said it was eerie, but did it, was it like comforting or did it? After, like, after. Hey, mom's here or after a minute I, I guess because at first I was kind of freaking out 
Yeah. You know, I was like, so I just wondered if it was like a freaked out feeling or if it was a comforted feeling like, I you think, know what I mean? Like, hey, that's so cool. You know, mom stopped by to say Merry Christmas or whatever, you know, like. I think I freaked out until my dad walked out because then I had somebody that could verify the story because if it was just me out there and I went in and said, hey, guess what just happened? Would they have believed me or would they have just like proverbially Stay speaking, out of the eggnog, Jason. Patted me on the head. That's <laughs> nice. That's a that's a I'm nice sure. story. Yeah, yeah. No. He was there. He saw it. I've got backup. I've got witnesses. And this is that's what wild. happened. Yeah. She just wanted to let it know, let it be known she was there. That's pretty awesome. It was, but I, but I could see how that that could be a little unnerving for sure. Yeah, it was just out of the blue because it wasn't moving when I walked out. You know what I mean? That was weird. That's wild. Yeah. So, just one wanted to throw that story out there because I, I made a, I wanted to make a point to talk about it because yeah, for sure. It is a story that does have some sort of meaning, you know, has a lot of yeah. meaning to me. It was like, wow, that's, that's something I can't explain. And, you know, that for me tells me that there, you know, something happens after we die. You, Absolutely. You know, so I think so. That's just Lord, my. I hope so. <laughs> Yeah, otherwise we fade to black and that's the end of it, right? And it's, right. Uh, I, I hate to, th I would hate to think that that's, I'd be about it very, you know, it could be. I, hell, I don't know. I haven't died. <laughs> so, but, you know, you hear these stories, you've read, they've made movies about it. They, you know, people have gone on record and said, you know, they, they were in an accident or they were in surgery or something like this. Things go south or heart stops beating. They technically die. and they, But they can vividly recall when they come back to, like floating above them, seeing themselves laying on a gurney or what, whatever the case may be. And they can explain this scene around them. And it's, you know, there's a lot of similarities. There's a bright light. It looks like this. You know, there's a lot of, of, of similarities with these different stories that people share with these near-death experiences. So it makes you wonder, what is all that about? Because you can't really prove it scientifically, right? Because right. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they've like I said, they've made movies, and I can't remember the name of the one, but it, it was a based on the real life testimonial or story of this kid. And I want to say he was like seven or eight years old, but he essentially said that he was right on heaven's door or knocked on heaven's door or what, whatever the case may be. But you hear adults that say the same thing, you know? So I, I don't know, man. It's, it's one of those things I, uh, you know, it's, it, it opens up the door for, for debate and, you know, I guess it all, de all depends on where you stand on, on the situation. I am very intrigued by it all. I wish, you know, as we've talked months ago that I wish my grandma would visit me, <laughs> but like, you know, in a calm, sweet way, not in a terrifying Grandma's here. <laughs> in a in a sweet, comforting way, not in a not in a conjuring movie way. Right, right. So, Ding dong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I baked you cookies, but you know, yeah. Uh, you, you know what, G Ma, I'm good. I'm mm -hmm. good. I hide your cookies. Yep. I don't. Yep. Yep. So. Why did these yeah. taste like they were made with blood? Weird. <laughs> hey, speaking of movies, 
things are starting to ramp back up as far as movie theaters, new releases, things of this nature, just in time for the summer movie going season. Anything that sticks out as far as movies that you've seen advertised that that you're looking forward to? Not that you would actually go to a theater. Maybe you have plans to. I do not at this point. I'm not ready. But the drive-in, the drive-in is back open in in our area. When's the last time you went to a drive-in? Oh my gosh, probably 30 years ago. Was it the... It's been a long time ago. The Miracle Twin? In yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Very, Uh, very long time ago. We have one, um, well, technically it's Flint, um, off of Hill Road there, off of, uh, it's the U.S. 23 uh, Miracle Twin or whatever. It's a drive-in. And oh, I think, fun. yeah, uh, I don't think, I don't, I know I have never taken my kids to, to a drive-in. So we're kind of waiting for the right lineup for is, you know, obviously I'm not going to take them to see, stay quiet, be quiet or what, whatever this new horror flick is right. that just goes to show how close I'm paying attention right now. Right. Uh, the, 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 the one that. And I think we we've talked about this before. The one that really has been pushed down my throat, especially as a wrestling fan, is this new Fast and Furious because it's got John. No, it was this one has Cena in it. John Cena. Oh, okay. And I just oh, there's Cena. Oh, there's fucking Vin Vin Diesel. and I, I've I've said it before. I've never seen the Fast and Furious. Not a one of them. I have no interest in seeing this one. They're just not my cup of tea. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I would rather. You know which one I want to see, and I haven't seen anything about it as far as a new release date because they released the trailer before the pandemic, mm-hmm. and it was it was supposed to come out last summer, and that is this new Ghostbusters one. Where it's like a, a continuation of the story, and and it centers around Egon's family, like his grandchildren find Echo One, and they find the proton pack, and they find his his jumpsuit. I that's the one that has my attention. I want to see cool. what if you haven't seen the trailer for it. I haven't. I'm gonna have to look it up now. You are going to have to look it up because it is. I wonder. If I can pull it up and pipe the audio. Oh, Ghost, oh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. That's it. Yeah. Yep. Hang on a second. Ghost. Oh, and they've got. yeah. Paul Dan Rudd Aykroyd. is in this. Yeah. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, Bill Murray. Isn't an actor from that movie? Oh, Sigourney. It's, it says Sigourney Weaver, too. I I think a lot of them are um, making like cameo appearances, okay. you know. Uh, but it it does center. And what I'm going to do here is I'm going to try to. You can I watch it. Weaver, the Zool. Yeah. <laughs> am I? Am I? <laughs> there is no Dana, only Zool. Yes. <laughs> oh goodness. So what I want what I want you to do is I want you okay. to queue up the the trailer. Go up to the very first one. It's like official trailer. Okay, hold please. And we'll we'll play the audio here. Um, for, are we allowed for, to Are we allowed to do that? I don't know. As long as we don't advertise it, maybe we'll see. If it, <laughs> let's see how it goes here. But if if you guys have not checked out the trailer for for uh, this Ghostbusters Afterlife movie, and you're a fan of of the franchise, you really have to. So I'm gonna play the the audio here. What are you doing here in Somerville anyway? Honestly, my mom won't say it, but we're completely broke, and the only thing that's left in our name is this creepy old farmhouse our grandfather left us in the middle of nowhere. Why'd you bring me up here? Entertainment value? <laughs> what is that? 
somehow a town that isn't anywhere near a tectonic plate that has no fault lines no fracking no loud music even is shaking on a daily basis Hey, remember that one summer we died under a table? I found this in my living room. Whoa, killer replica. A replica of what? A ghost trap? There hasn't been a ghost sighting in 30 years. New York in the 80s? It's like The Walking Dead. Your dad never mentioned this to you? It's just my mom. My grandfather died. My mom says we're just here to pick through the rubble of his life. Who are you? Call it fate. Call it luck. How badass does that look? Um, that looks really good. No, really good. Which would you... explain why there was, um, over the last like year, there was a resurgence of, like Ghostbusters stuff. Yeah, randomly, I didn't realize that. Yeah, that looks um, really good. It does, and it's a continuation of the original storyline, which I I think is going to really appeal to. You know, the hardcore fans, because a lot of people just shit on on the reboot with with the girls. You know, but, I did not see that, I, actually. Really? Yeah, I know. See, I liked it. And did I you? know I, I did. I know I'm in the minority on that. I know a lot of people did not like that. But as far as a reboot of Ghostbusters, if you're going to do it, which I, I'm not a fan of reboots of anything. Okay. Right. Now the 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 continuation of stories in some cases I I can I can I can buy those. Reboots not all the time. But they had the right people in place for the girls um version of Ghostbusters. Uh M- Melissa McCarthy I love um who is hilarious. Leslie Jones who it took a while for me to get used to her, but now yeah. I'm okay. I got a Kate McKinnon, and I yeah, yep, I I do too, and and Kristen Wiig. So the four of them as the Ghostbusters, and then you have Thor in there, and he has a very fu- funny part in it. He's like mm-hmm. their their assistant or whatever. Um, <clears throat> it was a decent movie, and. A lot of the original cast members made cameos in 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 that movie as a like a a stamp of approval and support to show the hardcore fans of the franchise that we're okay with with this one and you should mm-hmm. be too. Don't yeah. just sh- don't just shit on it because we're not in it or because it's not s- centered around our characters. It's about a new team of Ghostbusters, and I really enjoyed it. I I really did. This one. I man, I got goosebumps, and I mean, I've I've watched that trailer several times, and I get you know when the, the, that first scene when the door opens, and you hear the 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 car fi- you know fire up, mm-hmm. they just that unmistakable sound of that car and the siren. I was like, man, take me back to '84 because that's exactly <laughs> you know that was a staple. Of my childhood, and oh, absolutely, yeah, I'm. That's the one movie that I'm most looking forward to if it comes out this year. Yeah, it said 
What did that say? It said March 2021, but that trailer was from December of 2019. Right. Yeah, so I think well, I hope it is... gets. Yeah, I hope it gets pushed. Yeah. Out this it, summer. It's very. It's a. It seems like it's a very cool and a very cool storyline. I like how they centered around Egon. You know, mm-hmm. because in real life, Harold Ramis is is no longer with us, un, unfortunately. But his character is still very much a focal point, and and it's. It's cool that it is like that, that he's not forgotten. Yes, uh, agreed. You know, with Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson, you know, the, the surviving members of the of the original quartet. Um, it's very cool that Egon, because Egon, the man, Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd are the ones that wrote that movie. They, they created that franchise. And yeah, so the fact that he is still very much or his character, his presence is still very much it's on the marquee, more or less. Uh, You know, this is about the Spangler family and the grandson, and they acknowledge that he is no longer with us, that he died. And it's I mean, I am very much looking forward to that. And I I thought I thought it was a beautiful tribute really on so many on so many levels to one of the guys that created this franchise absolutely no i i agree i'll be excited to see it yeah yeah you know and that kind of you know it, it makes me as i as i laid all that out it makes me think you know in my own circumstance Personally and professionally, I I tried to ad- adopt that same philosophy um, with the Michigan Wrestling or- Organization. Now that that Jeff's not here, because Jeff was a pillar, you know, he was one of he was a founding member of the roster, um, helped run things behind the scenes. Uh, was my right hand man was you know was my go to guy that anything that i if I knew I needed he was going to be there um, he made such an impact an indelible one on anybody and everybody that he worked with either in the ring or outside of it um, you know as we're coming into you know the later part of June here we are you know we're this company, my company, the MWO, we are making our way to Fremont, Indiana on the 26th for Slamathon. And I felt, and I know I've, I've, I've discussed this before, but, uh, you know, I felt it was very important with this being our first live event of this year. Um, as we try to make our way out of a pandemic, you know, things are a little bit more normal than they were when we did WrestleRama 26 in September, which was a closed set outdoor show. Um, th- this one we'll actually have fans at. And uh, it, uh, I felt it was very important that Jeff's name was part of the event in some way, shape or form. And it was something that I had, I guess, in the back of my mind thought about after WrestleRama 26. What am I going to do to continue Jeff's presence and his and to celebrate and honor his legacy for the company? Keep his name in the marquee, more or less. And that idea was verbalized. And it really solidified my stance on this if you go back and watch the crossing the line dot documentary that we did you know the story of the 2019 uh, a slamathon show that also was in fremont um drew keesbert who helped organize that event said the exact same thing and he had only he had only met jeff that one day that we were down at that show and he he flat out said 
not to have his name included. You know, we would be remiss if we did not include his name in some way, shape, or form. Well, it was obvious to me with this being Slamathon um, that this show that we're taking back to Fremont, that the tournament, our, our original eight-man tournament, I was going to rename as the PF Classic uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, the first time we did a tournament type of, of, of gimmick for a vacant championship, Jeff won. And that was years ago, years ago. Um, the last time we were in Indiana for Slamathon, and he wrestled three times that night. And each time he walked out, he got among the loudest ovations. Now, this is a town that had no shitting idea who we were. They just knew that professional wrestling was, was coming to town. And, but they really rallied around our wrestlers. And Jeff was one of them that they really r rallied behind. Going back into Fremont for this show that's coming up, it was top priority for me to do something to keep Jeff's memory going. Hey everybody, I just want to run a quick time out here and let you know about a new podcast that is available under the Jackal Creations Podcast Network. As if we didn't have enough things going on in our lives, we've decided to add a second show. This one is going to be a little bit different than Klaus of the Heart. This is Tea Time, and on Tea Time, I will be joined by my very good friend, Mr. Tim Burgett, as we talk about anything and everything. There is no format, there is no filter, there are no Fs left to give. It's Tea Time, and it's available wherever you get the Klaus to the Heart podcast. It drops every Thursday morning, beginning at 1 a.m., and within a half an hour later, over on Spotify. Hello. <laughs> okay. So going into Fremont for this show, you know, I know it's, there was a no-brainer. We were going to rename the tournament the PF Classic. Now, I don't know what else I could have done to appropriately honor my brother's contributions. And I didn't feel like I needed to run that idea by anybody. I didn't feel like that no. that was something I needed some sort of approval for. No, definitely not. Um, apparently, not everybody feels that way. Uh, apparently, there are people who feel as though I should have gotten... Uh, clearance or permission or, you know, from other members of, of the family. There are also people who feel like that I am just trying to use my brother's name to capitalize or to shed spotlight on my company. Oh, and say that. Be, listen, we've talked on, on the show previously, recently, in the archives, about common sense, about decency, about respect, and some people just don't have it. Sense of entitlement, um, you know, their opinion is the only one that matters, and if you don't agree with it, well, you're wrong. Um, here's my thing, though. Uh, I didn't feel like I had to. I didn't feel like I had to gain anybody's approval. I didn't feel like <laughs> I had to ask for anybody's permission. Number one, it's my, it's my promotion. Number right. two, he's my brother. And the two have become, had be, had, I, I, this is fundamentally 
part of the core of my life, of my existence. That this wrestling promotion and the fact that Jeff was my my right hand man. I mean, he was right there with me from the big. Yeah, there was a there was a brief time where he took a, a sabbatical and and left the promotion, but he came back and helped build it to where it is. Why wouldn't I? Who? I, I would feel like it would be more of an insult if I didn't try to find a way to incorporate his name in some way, shape, or form. Especially for a venue, a town, a show that he made such a tremendous impact on. One night only. One night only. He went into Fremont and, and kicked ass and became a star there. So... It just seemed to me like it was, it was the right thing to do. Absolutely. It was, it was the, it was something to honor his contributions, to keep his name in on the marquee, and 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 to let people know just what a tremendous deal he was. And I take great exception. When anybody challenges my intentions on that, and I take great exceptions when there are people who feel like they have some sort of a stake in this claim that they, I have to ask your permission for, I'm 45 fucking years old. I don't really have to ask permission from anybody for anything. I mean, within well, reason, obviously, <laughs> within reason. <laughs> In in this context, Your absolutely wife. not. Well, right, but, but within this context, absolutely. No, you you are well within your rights to to handle I just, this as you have. You know, we've we've talked previously about how different people react, respond, um, go about life after a traumatic experience such as losing loved ones. Uh, you know, we, we all know there's no, there's no timetable to, you know, have a mourning process, but there is a right way and a wrong way to go about things. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, if you, (sighs) I'm trying to, I like, I have, I have these feelings and, and 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 I have these emotions, and and I know what I'm feeling. I just don't know how to put it into words as to what I feel, you know. But I I see things all the time that just I mean they really just, they just rub me the wrong way. I see people you mean do since, since Jeff died. Yes. You mean? Yes. I see things that are said, that are done, that are posted, and some of the most obnoxious, some of the most ignorant things I've I've seen in quite some time. But in their minds, these people justify it as, oh, well, so-and-so would have wanted me to do this, and so-and-so would have wanted me to do that. You know, you've seen it. I'm sure over the course of your life, whenever, you know, you lose a mutual friend or a family member or things of that Mm -hmm. nature, you see this kind of behavior. You don't agree with what's going on. That's, you know, but if that's what they want to do, that's what they want to do. That's perfectly fine. But don't try to justify it and don't try to spruce it up by saying so-and-so would have wanted me to do this. I see that a lot with my brother's name attached to it. That Jeff would have wanted me to do this, or Jeff would have wanted me to do that, or Jeff would support me in this, that, or the other. And in some cases, yeah, I could see where he would be supportive of things like that. But there is a lot more things that I've seen written, posted, shared, whatever. Jeff would, would have wanted this. Jeff would have supported that. I got news for you. In those in those cases, it demonstrates to me that you have no idea clearly who and what Jeff was or what he stood for. 
because the thing that you have his name attached to in some sort of makeshift endorsement, he would never endorse for one second. He just wouldn't do it. Because, and, and, and anybody that tries to, to justify what they're doing by putting his name on it is probably one, one of the most uh, s- selfish things that I've, I've ever seen. And it, it just conjures up a lot of different emotions. Anger is one of them. Well, absolutely. Because you uh, were so close to him to have someone else speak on his behalf is like. And that's my yeah. that's that's my other big problem is there are, you know this happens across the board not just with my brother but th- this happens in a, a, everybody has encountered this this scenario in one way or another is they try to prioritize themselves and their um, their level of grieving. You know what I'm saying? Like they miss this individual more than anybody else does. Or you know what I mean? Like they they are just it's incredible it's incredibly uh disheartening. When yeah, you well see- like we, we talked about a few well, I guess it's probably about a month ago now. We talked about the grief porn and the morning sickness. Mm-hmm. The people that the people that glob on to that, right? Um, <laughs> he didn't even really even like you that much. Well, that's you know, <laughs> right? He may have been cordial, and look, Jeff, you know, as far as as he was concerned, very popular, very yes. beloved. Girls loved him. He was the hottie. You know what I mean? He's he was he was a star in in, in every way, shape, or form. Did he let it go to his head? Yeah, sometimes he did. We all do at at, at some point. It just mm-hmm. goes with the territory. You get wrapped up in that kind of attention and that spotlight. And that's those are two things that Jeff loved a lot, you know. Um, but, like, I, I get annoyed when anybody tries to prioritize their, their standing in his life. Or their level of grief over somebody else's. And, uh, you know, I got news for anybody out there. Um, there is nobody there, there. There is nobody walking among us on this planet, in this realm, that misses that man more than anybody than those who shared his last name. Just, it's impossible. It's impossible. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend that my level of of sorrow and grief and loss and, and all and all of the emotions that go into it supersedes anybody else's. But I've got 40 years with that kid. I had 40 years of memories with him. I have 40 years of life lessons that I learned about him, with him, because of him. I knew him better than anybody else on earth. That is undisputable. It is undisputable. Were there aspects of his life I didn't know about? Yes. Were there things that he had done over the course of his life I did not know about? Of course. But him individually as a person, fundamentally as a person, what made him tick? What made him as an individual? I understood him better than anybody else. There is no denying that. I knew him better than my parents did. I knew him better than his friends did than his fans did than his wife did because I've got 40 years of experiences with this guy and that doesn't make my level of sorrow deeper 
or more significant or more important than anybody else's. And I'm not trying to relay that. What I'm trying to relay is that somebody that knew him for two years or somebody that may have hung out with them for the last three years, you got one piece of that pie. You got one piece of that puzzle. You don't, you didn't get the opportunity to, to see the whole picture laid out. I did. All those I, other parts. Yeah. yeah, I had that privilege and sometimes the detriment, because let's be honest, my brother was not always the easiest person to to know, love, or live with. Nor am I. Nor are you. Nor is anybody. We all have our little quirks. We all have our little hang-ups. That's kind of what makes us us. I have I take great exception. And it's gotten to a point to where I uh I just I, that kind that kind of uh, presentation, that kind of woe is me kind of thing, feel bad for me. Um, uh, the whole world, look, we're all going through different, we're, we're going through similar emotions for the same situation, but the way we deal with it is individualized. And anybody that puts their stock puts more stock into their grief versus somebody else's number one you're an asshole for for doing that okay because you just you know nobody knows we all we are all the the stars of our own stories right i mean we are at at the forefront of our own stories but in the grand scheme of things you 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 got to take yourself down off the pedestal because it ain't about you. It's not not everything around this world and around everybody else's life revolves around your existence. Is it a part of it? Absolutely. Is it a big part of it? It can be. But the whole fucking world don't revolve around you and you alone. You are not the sun around which the earth rotates. You are you are a piece of the puzzle, yes. But you are not the end all be all of what what grief and what sorrow and what loss looks like. Because like I said, I dare say that the amount of heartbreak that is felt among the people that share Jeff's last name is greater than what anything than what anybody else who does not share his last name with could ever experience. Make sense? Absolutely. Now, so we, are we going to start calling people out now? No. <laughs> you know, a part of me wants to, but what, at the end of the day, what what good is that going to do? It's just going to give them more attention that they right that they that don't they crave need. right. And I got no time for that. I, I've got right. zero time for that, you know, and, and, and in turn, as happens with death, with loss, you start to slowly but surely start to see where you stand in other people's lives that once told you that you were important to them. Now, not so much because that common, the, 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 the common person is no longer here or whatever. So you are no longer, um, Relevant. Thank you. Great word. Relevant. You start to you start to get phased out. And that certainly is what's happening in my situation. And I could, you know, I could sit here until I'm blue in the blue in the face and piss and moan and you know, why is this happening? Or now fuck that. I don't have time for that. I don't have time to sit there and try to figure out where I stand in other people's lives. This is who I am. This is where I am. This is what I do. I have, if I make attempts for contact and that's not returned, there's really not a whole lot that I, I, can, I can say. I'm not going to revolve my life and I'm not going to put my life on hold to, to figure out what the fuck your problem is. I have no time for that. I just don't. 
life's too short, man. And I, I will, I will be, I will rally and I will be around those individuals who I know have my best interest. And I know that I can trust and I know that are going to be there when, 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 when I need them, not ones that when I needed them and I reached out, they were nowhere to be found for weeks, for months on end. I have no time for people like that anymore. Just don't. So, sorry I went yeah. off on that on that little tangent there, but no, that's okay. I feel like you needed it. I just let you go. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just it's frustrating, man. It's frustrating. I, you know, opinions of people change, and it's, sometimes it's so disappointing because they wind up showing who they truly are. And it's a, and a lot of times it's just why it winds up being a stark contrast to how they portrayed themselves, you know, in, in the moments, one thing when you're dealing with it and everything's fresh and raw, that's one thing. But, you know, as, as time moves on their presence, their participation, um, starts to fade, starts to become a non thing. To the point to where you they don't they don't return phone calls, messages, anything like that, you know, whatever, whatever. Just goes to show what where where my family stands or where that person stands or where this individual stands, and then a lot of times it's not what you thought you were, and that can be, you know, that can cause a lot of hurt feelings, a lot of heartbreak, a lot of you know disappointment. I mean, I, I think that's where I'm at right, right now. It's just levels of, of disappointment. It's like, God damn, man. I was told that you were this way. I didn't want to believe it. It's not what what you portrayed yourself, but here we are. And it's slowly but surely starting to rear its ugly head. And you are exactly what I was warned you were going to be. And by and large, that's not people that I tend to spend a whole lot of time worrying about. Because I have no time for backstabbers, shit talkers, you know, people that you can't trust. I just right. don't have that kind of time. Or it's, energy. Or right. Energy. Just, I it, mean, it, yeah, you kind of have to, you have to kind of wash your hands of those people. Yeah. They just drag you down and then you end up just like them. Just, just, I know I'm too awesome I'm so for, for for that to happen. I, <laughs> yes, I've you got are. I've got way too many other irons in the fire. I've got way too many other other people that count on me, that depend on me, that need me, that love me, that respect me, that genuinely enjoy my company. Because let's face it, I'm pretty fucking sweet, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, you're all right. You're exceptionally mediocre. <laughs> Except. <laughs> Uh, I want a uh, shirt that says that, please. <clears throat> I look. I know a guy. You do? I, I do. Yes. Awesome. I know a guy that uh, does shirts. I could probably make Perfect. that happen for you. Perfect. Yeah. Exceptionally mediocre. I better write that down before I forget. <laughs> Exception. Mediocre. <laughs> That's fun. All right. Anything on? Do, do you feel better? Well. <laughs> and on this episode of Jason Rant. <laughs> it wasn't. No, one, I think that's something you needed to get out. And it really wasn't one of my fi- fired up rants. You know, that was more of just like a, like a palate cleansing, you know, just kind of let, you know. I, I, Ghostbusters ranting. Okay, what are we going to discuss that? Listen, <laughs> it, anyway. Anything else you want to add to this stellar topic or this stellar com- I don't, conversation? I don't think so. I just, I, uh, I know just the, the small sliver that Jeff and I reconnected on social media, and I miss, you know, seeing his posts and interacting with him. And just last night, um, social media i there was some guy he 
he's making a taco and he's holding a taco shell and he puts a cheese stick in there and then he puts shredded cheese and then he dips a big ladle of melted nacho cheese and like pours it over there. And I was like, Oh God, I'm like, that's something I would have sent to Jeff. And then like, you know, this is your worst nightmare. Yeah. (laughs) It was literally all just cheese shoved into this taco shell. And I thought, Oh God. That that wouldn't have gone over well. He would have, no, no, he would have probably gagged. But, um, yeah, I just, his, his, yeah. His disdain for cheese was legendary. I know. And it's so weird. Like, what a, such a random thing that I always, like, remembered about him. It was so weird. That and anything white and creamy, like your ranch dressings, your mayo, you know. Sour cream. Oh, yeah. Nope. Nope. Just was not happening. Was not happening with him. Yeah, that's what made him unique, right? So yes, bless his heart. Uh, so as as this thing records, or as this thing as this episode drops, I will have already made my return to ONTV, and um, we have it in mind, kind of do like a three episode trial run here. So hopefully, by the time you hear this, we'll have some sort of information for the July and hopefully August. Um, TV specials over there on Orion n- Neighborhood Television. Um, WrestleRama 27, uh, we made the announcement that it's going to be on the 18th of July. It happens at the Union City Fields in Flint as part of UAW Local 598's presentation of Soberfest. And we are actually the event that closes out that festival so that we are very much lo- looking forward to getting uh to this i this is a show that i've done for the last i was six or seven years um as being part of 598 and stuff like that but this will be the first time that they're actually getting wrestlerama and uh that will you know obviously that's because of you know, everything that happened with the pandemic and the fact that, you know, we would have, would have done only one other live show this year before Rama. So, you know, that being a Fremont, but um, looking forward to that, you know, we'll see what, where the road takes us from there. Um, you know, we don't have a, a tremendous amount of events booked on the docket, but there's, there's potential, there's possibility. So we'll see, you know, how Fremont goes. We'll see how Rama goes. And then that will determine where, where we go from here, really. So, it's exciting to see yeah. you back in the ring. Yeah, well, you know, I'm at a point in my career that I, you know, I don't, I can't fit physically wrestle every show anymore. You know, I, it's, from a storyline process, from from a storyline manners, because I'm the CEO, but in real life, look, you know, I'm 45 years old, and I'm in pretty decent shape. But at at the same time, I am not in. I I know my limitations are coming, and you know, I so I tend to save my in ring participation for the bigger shows, like for Fremont, for WrestleRama, you know, the big big time events. Um, but I, you know, I'm a realist and I, and I know that there are other guys that wrestle into their sixties. Um, I don't think I'm going to be that guy. You know, I, I would like to be able to walk upright when I'm in my sixties and not have to have back surgery, my knees blown out, hip replacement or anything like that. You know, things yeah. are, things are creaking and cracking now that didn't used to. So. Mm-hmm. You're going <laughs> to, Stand up, you're like, oh. <laughs> it sounds like you take that bubble wrap and you... that's right. that's what it. Yeah, it's it's weird. Getting old's fun. Getting old is fun. Anyhow, Nicole, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. I uh, I appreciate you coming on here and spending time out of your week to listen to me, bitch. So that was fun. That's all right. That's what I'm here for. That's what friends are for. And that's, uh, you know, you got a lot, you got probably a total of 25 words in this week. So that was, that was good. Um, 
Anything else you want to add? Anything else you want to say? Anything like that? I don't think so. Awesome. Well, as always, ladies and gentlemen, we certainly appreciate you taking time out every day to give the show a listen and, uh, you know, check out our website, ClawsToTheHeart.net for all of the latest information, archives of the episodes, uh, contact info, including our official email. So, Nicole, we'll talk to you next week. Hopefully, uh, we can get, get our schedules in alignment here. And for the rest of you, be awesome to yourselves and each other. We'll see you right back here next thir- next Tuesday at midnight with a brand new episode of the Klaus and Hart podcast, powered by Anchor.fm. <laughs>